the peace the evening brings the world for once in perfect harmony that's good enough is it not yeah that's good enough well sometimes you hit wrong chords sometimes you sing wrong notes but as always this is american brews and tunes here's a theme song you know it's not a mean song it's a good song just as it should song american brews and tunes welcome in to American Bruce und Tunes. <laughs> my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And we're back for another one-off episode, as we promised last week when yeah. we did the one-off of... What was it again? Hostage Calm? Hostage Calm Die on Stage. We said that we were going to do an older, more well-known album. Yes. And boy, did we do just that. Boy, did we choose one that's not a stranger to anybody. I, I know. It's definitely not. Um, that's because <laughs> it's The Stranger by Billy Joel. A classic <laughs> album. It sure is. Yeah. It's a great album. I'm super excited to review it. Same here. Um, and if you listen to it, it's it's just great. But before we, we touch upon <laughs> that, let's let's touch upon the beer. Yeah, why we? not? Let's do that. Now, sometimes when we have one-off episodes, we like to make beers that are themed similar to the album. Uh-huh. Sometimes we try to do that. And for this one, we could have got a, a beer such as the Dogfish Head Red, Red and, and White. White. Yeah. Referencing scenes from an Italian restaurant. But we did not get that beer. Nope. We weren't <laughs> able to. We just got something off the blues because it's still Oktoberfest time. Yeah. And so we got Bearded Irises Overcast, which is their fest beer. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm curious about this. Fairly excited to try it. I'm curious um, if they took any liberties with uh, their brewing since they're known for their uh, hazy New England IPAs. Yeah. So if any of you have been listening, we've been having quite a few Bearded Iris brews. And we've said it before that normally they do a type more hazy IPA, or most of their beers have a hazy quality to them. Um, but recently they released a, uh, a Mexican lager. A Mexican lager, like you said, and now they have this. Yeah, so we're wonder beer. wondering if it's going to follow the same trend as their last ones, where they're not hazy, and they're a little bit more traditional, but maybe the flavors are just a little bit more amped up. Because like on that Mexican lager, there was like a really pronounced like lime and salt flavor in mm -hmm. that, which was really tasty. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to try it. We're going to give now, it a shot. It's called Overcast. So yeah. maybe it is going to be cloudy or hazy. Today, it's not very overcast here in Nashville. But is the is the beer going to be hazy and overcasty? Is Could it going to be. be unfiltered? We'll see. Could be. Um, but how do we tie this into Billy Joel, you might ask? Yeah. Because of that great song, Vienna. Which wow. is somewhere in Europe, right? Austria, which is kind of, is Germany, right? It's, well, it's next to it. It's so close. It's so close, it might as well be Germany. It pretty much is. Sorry to all you Germans and Austrians. <laughs> if that you take offense to us making your countries the same. <laughs> yeah, but there's a song on the album called Vienna. Yeah, and so, so that's how we... That's how we're tying it in. After the fact, tied the beer in. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's say that we crack these brews and uh, try them. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it live. Let's do it. Do it live. Here we go. We will do it live. Oh, there's the first. Yeah, and these are in cans. So it's... Uh, in fact, all bearded iris brews are in cans, so it's that's yes, not a surprise. they are. They all can them all themselves, I suppose. 
I'm doing a, a pretty poor job of pouring this. I mine foamed up quite a bit, so I, I don't really wait a know minute. how to pour into this cleat that we got from the flying saucer. Yeah. Jesse is drinking out of his das boot, but instead of being a boot, it's a cleat, like a yeah. soccer cleat. So it's das cleat, I guess. Das, das cleat. cleat. Um, the Weinenstaffener yes. uh, cleat. So Jesse's drinking out of that, and I'm drinking out of my half liter Stein mug, whatever you want to call it. Stein mug, I believe. It's a little bit redundant to say that, but... Is it redundant? What is redundant, anyway? Isn't life redundant, Steve? I don't know. Things can be redundant, I guess. There was once a... uh, I was in a Walmart once, and I saw this shirt. You know how, like, they have, like, shirts in the front of the store Mm -hmm. that are, like, generally uh, locally themed normally? Yeah, like sometimes either a sports team or like the high school, something or other. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw this shirt and it was super redundant. Uh, it said something like, it had like y'all and then something else in it as well. And Y'all they don't were, know what you guys are missing. Something like, like that? that, yeah. Something like that. And I was like, man, that is a really redundant shirt. <laughs> I, and I mean, it is. I think I posted on... On this weird thing called Instagram. Instagram, eh? That many people have. Few people like it. <laughs> I like it. I think a ton of people like it. <laughs> I think a lot of people like it, too. I was mostly joking. Mostly. Oh, yeah. Mostly. I heart all y'all. Oh, y'all. Oh, that's not redundant. I, I think that's, that's pretty f- redundant. It, it literally is redundant, uh, and, but it's instead of them saying some of y'all. You all. All you all. I know, that's all y'all. Because doesn't y'all already imply you all, you all yeah. right? I don't know. Some of y'all don't know what's going on. And my caption was, Mrs. Redundant Woman Strikes Again. Mrs. Redundant Woman, classic. 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 Anyway, enough about t-shirts and redundancies. Let's get back to this alcoholic beer. Yeah. Redundancies. This alcoholic beverage that is beer. Yeah, alcoholic beer. All right, do you want to give this a shot? Uh, yes, but I would like to comment that it is not very cloudy. Nope, it's not hazy. Um, it's got a nice color. It's not as... It's not as it's like... Not as, I wouldn't say red, but usually when I have like a Martin or a Fest beer, it's a little more amber colored, i Normally, I believe the color that I'm calling it now from now on is acorn brown. Acorn brown. But let's uh, <laughs> anyway. go ahead and give this a cheers, Sarah, one, two, and then down the hatch. All right. Mmm. That's very clean. Whoa. It's, uh, the hops are are subtle, but it's not a hoppy beer. It's, it fits in with the style really well. That's really tasty. They made a very good. I'm trying to figure out what that, what that, it's like really, really bready. Yes. Bready, but not overly malty, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's definitely caramely and malty, like a, a good Oktoberfest should be, but, um, but it's it's solid. This is really good. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with this beer. It's got great drinkability. I think I would give it a 4.25 on Untapped. Really? Not only do I think that, I am. Wow. Great beer. I'm great, probably gonna give beer. it a four. Four. That's a solid rating too. It's, it's a, a, a good beer. It's a fairly complex flavor, actually. It's nice. It's complex yet drinkable. Yeah. That's a great combination, is it not? Complex, complex yet drinkable. Yet drinkable. What's that? What do they say in the Lion King? Since we were singing Lion King songs earlier. When he's having the bugs, um, like he he's says, like, he's like, "Hmm, slimy, slimy yet satisfying." Yet sa- that's what it was. Slimy yet satisfying. So complex 
yet drinkable. That's our Lion King phrase for the day. Uh, so we can no longer make Lion King references. Says you, but we'll see. Anyways, <clears throat> I fear that if we don't move on to the music, I might suffer a heart attack. Kick, 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 kick. <laughs> you ought to know by now. Oh, goodness gracious me. <laughs> Shall we dive into the album? Let's. Billy Joel's The Stranger. Um, this is perhaps the best Billy Joel album, arguably, I, I could say. Yep. Um, I think every single song is great on this album. I mean, whenever you were like, hey, we should do this album, I was like, oh, I've never really listened to it. And then you were like, do you know any of these songs? And I was like, yeah, I know all but two of them. I was going to say, <laughs> most people, even if you don't know the album The Stranger by Billy Joel, you probably have heard at least six out of nine, seven out of nine of the songs. Yeah. And there's only nine songs on there, so it's not super long. Um, but it's, it's great. It came out in 1977. It was his fifth studio album. Uh, yeah. The album that came out right before it was called Turnstiles, and it didn't do so hot. Hmm. Um, didn't sell very well. Yeah. So Columbia Records had considered dropping Billy Joel. Good thing they didn't. The fifth album did not do well, which ended up being The Stranger. Um, and they were wrong, of course. Yeah. Um, but also, I like the album Turnstiles. Really? I haven't. I don't think I've listened to that Say one Say Goodbye to Hollywood's on there. There's a lot of good stuff on there. How does that one go again? Say goodbye to Hollywood. Kind of. Say goodbye. <laughs> I like your version. Actually, I like your version better. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, but clearly, Columbia Records was uh, smart. misplacing their trust. Smart not dropping him before this. To, yeah, not dropping before this. They shouldn't have dropped, thought of dropping him at all. He's the piano man, for crying out loud. Yeah, for crying out loud. He's the piano man. Um, but... As we said, this album did phenomenal, and it had, yeah. had plenty of huge singles. Um, it's arguably one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, well, I think it's on the it's on, Rolling it's Stones. It's on a lot of top like Rolling 50 Stones, lists like of greatest albums of all albums, time. It's like 50 out of 200 yeah. or something Which is like that. pretty good. Yeah. Um, when trying to put this record together, Billy Joel was shopping around like some new producers to try and like change things up. Okay. And George Martin, the longtime Beatles producer, was a, a high candidate for a while. Really? Uh, yes. He, That's interesting. He had, uh, met him a couple times, and they were very interested in working together. But George Martin wanted to use session players instead oh. of Billy Joel's band. Oh. And I guess Billy Joel Billy Joel's had, like, Heck no. He had been using session musicians for the past couple albums and wasn't too fond of that. And mm. his new band that he had, the new group of guys, were... For lack of a better term, jiving very well. Jiving it was very the 70s, well. after all. Yeah. Um, and they really liked that sound that they were getting together, so he wanted to use his own band, so they didn't use George Martin. Interesting. He ended up using a guy named Phil Ramone. I believe I'm saying that right. But he ended up going to produce a bunch of Billy Joel records after that, too. Oh, okay. Uh, but cool. he he produced um, some Paul Simon records. Like He did that one that has Still Crazy After All These Years, hmm. which I'll talk about later. Oh. Um, also... And, and uh, I read somewhere that Billy Joel did say that long, like after the fact, uh, George Martin wrote him a letter that said, and I quote, you were right. I was wrong. I should have considered working with your band. Congratulations. Wow. So George Martin was, was admitted like, his. I was uh, like, I was wrong, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. But it, uh, clearly it worked out well. Am I yeah. right? Um, and just, uh, I'm sure we'll say it along the lines, but uh, I'll, I'll just give my little overview of Billy Joel in general. I think he is probably one of the greatest songwriters and artists of all time. Yeah, I think um, he's up there. If you are not sure about that, I would urge you to go on to Spotify or any musical platform and like look up. Uh, they've got playlists of like best Billy Joel songs. 
easily you would probably recognize 20 to 30 songs. There's so many songs yeah. that he's had that have been huge hits. Huge. I mean, not many people can sell out a Madison Square Garden month after month after month for years. For years, yeah. He, he plays one show there a month and it's, it's sold it's, out. He it said sells he's gonna, out every single time. He said he's going to keep playing it until it stops selling out. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, he's he, he's arguably one of the best. Yeah. Um, I mean, you may not think that, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> you may not agree. And I think this album does a great job of exemplifying the woes and the hums and the, the noises that Billy Joel makes that aren't lyrics. What would you call those? Like the, oh. The noises. The noises. Because he, he does. There's probably an actual word for it. Decorative. Mm-hmm, decorative. Like oohs, ahs. He is great for doing that. Uh, yeah. My mom used to say that was because he couldn't think of words sometimes. I think she was just joking. Um, <laughs> but I always think it's funny because he, he can think of a lot of words. I mean, we've yeah. listened to We Didn't Start the Fire. He can think yeah, of a ton of words. A lot of words in that song. Uh, but he can really use the oohs, ahs, woes, yeahs, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Very well. Very, very well. So we dive into the album. Let's do it up. I'm going to say that all songs are great. Yep. I, I picked out four songs that are my favorite and I do not stray from the popular path. Hmm. Sorry. There are maybe some songs that I don't like as much as others on this album. True, but I think but they're all great. Most of them are pretty darn good, though. So let's uh, move on to Moving Out. <laughs> Anthony's song. Anthony's song. Um, this is my first recommendation. Um, and it's also one of my favorite Billy Joel songs of all time. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, this is the song that I referenced earlier with the heart attack. Kick, 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 kick. Anthony works in the grocery store. Saving, saving his pennies for someday. Boom, boom, boom. And this is in the, the ways of uh, like Piano Man and a lot of his other songs. It's a great storytelling song. Yeah. Um, a lot it, of it his follows songs, this guy named Anthony, um, mm-hmm. probably in New York, I think, because he references some, some specific places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really kind of questions what the American dream is. Yeah, essentially. You don't really think about that until you like sit down and like actually like look at all the lyrics. Like, oh, this guy, he's like saying maybe it's not worth it to like work so hard for something that's not that great. Yeah. Is it really worth all this stuff? Yeah. They talk about that cop who works two jobs so he can buy a Cadillac. Yeah. But if he's got a broken back, he can't drive it. I'm sure I'm at sure least that's metaphorically broken back from working two jobs. Yeah. Like, if he can't drive like, it, he can still polish the fenders. At least he can polish the fenders. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of a deep song when you think about that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else about that song. I know, it's a great song. I was thinking of one of the lines in it that I really like. Musically, it's great. The guitar tones are awesome. Um, probably about like two thirds of the way through. I don't know if it's the bridge or whatever you call it. You hear a car starting to like rev up yeah. and then peel out. That's so like him His moving, moving out. out. Yeah, him it's, moving on from from what the typical American dream is yeah. the quote unquote American dream. And I read that that was one of the band members' sixty something Corvette. Oh really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good song, Amer- sounding American muscle car though. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it sounds like. That's not like Howard Dean. <laughs> He's pretty much yeah. just saying like. Dean's <laughs> great. Oh man! Oh man! But yeah, that song is pretty darn good. I mean, the melody is super catchy. The it chord choices are awesome. All around great. Uh, one thing that I have realized overall about this album is that his chord progressions are really nice. They're very nice. Like they work super well. I think I find this uh, a lot to be from piano writers more often than not. People who have learned, uh, I guess, they probably learn music theory or some some structures type stuff, some basic stuff. Yeah. And so I I found that they tend to have really interesting progressions that make that yeah. are very. Somewhat, somewhat different, 
yeah. but really work well. different than the norm. Yeah. Like, he adds, like, a lot of, like, passing chords and yes. passing tones. And Stuff this. that you wouldn't find in a pop music, probably. Yeah, in normal pop music. Even though this is the pop music of back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, super, super good chord choices. Let's move album. on to track number two, shall we? The title track? Yes. This is The Stranger. Uh, and this appears to be the framework for the album. For the entire album, yeah. And I say that because it starts off with this piano and whistling part where he's playing mm-hmm. this piano part and you hear... <laughs> yeah. And it's just this... It almost sounds like a like a crime noir. Oh, yeah. Like, like you'd hear noir, it like in a black yeah. and white New York... Yeah. thing where you see one guy with a trench coat and a fedora walking like by himself saying it was late at night, was late at night. thinking to myself it was raining what just trouble like did this. I, what trouble did i get myself into i will never forget <laughs> that night and that's that's the mood i think of when i hear this yeah so that piano definitely. part starts at the beginning of the song and it also ends the song there's a actual song in the middle there um but this melody comes in and closes out the album also. Yeah, so that's why album. I say it's the framework for the album. So the why song, is, it must be the, the theme of the song must be the overarching theme of the whole album, right? Now, why wouldn't this song be first? Why is Anthony's song moving out first? Maybe because he's like, I'm moving away from whatever the rest of the album's about. Could be, could be. Something like that. I'm, I'm not sure if Billy Joel ever said so. He probably did, I don't know, and I just couldn't most find likely. it. Most um, likely. But it's interesting to think about. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, once the song actually starts, like the middle portion that's not the piano and whistle part of, of The Stranger, yeah, um, it's a really different sounding song. Yeah, it is. Well, you all did the kind of like bouncy, fun melody. Yeah. It's a good song. I've heard some people say that it's really psychological, perhaps, who The Stranger is. People Wait, were talking. So I, I saw some some theories that it was like Jungian, like Carl Jung, like some just who, who the stranger, the stranger is, yeah. is. Oh, it's so you not, can interpret it in a bunch of different not ways. Anybody, you can you can interpret the song a bunch of different ways. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a singular person. Well, there are people who are interpreting it. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I don't think that's right though. It probably isn't a single person. I mean, isn't the point? I mean, like the album cover kind of says it all, right? The face. He talks about like the mask that people yeah. put on, and the, and the album right? covers him sitting on a bed. With this mask on his pillow, just staring right at it. He's staring so, I don't know, timidly at it or something. Uh, It's also really, it's a really creepy mask too. Yeah, it's a creepy cover in general. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. But yeah, I don't think The Stranger is any one person. Yeah, I don't know. But I think he just is saying that. They're a stranger. Oh, (laughs) don't talk to Stranger. Stranger danger. (laughs) I don't think that's what he's saying. Maybe Mm. he is. He's just saying that people are generally not there is lots who they of actually stranger are. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a lyric, you guys. Better worry about when you walk out the door. No. Set your stuns to phaser for <laughs> the stranger danger. <laughs> your biggest phasers to stun. Wait. Set your phasers to stun. It's not stun to phaser. <laughs> Sorry, it fit the lyrics better. Artistic. Yeah. Like I'm taking my artistic You're taking uh, your liberties. liberty to it. Okay. Hey, let's no, move. but I think the song is about how people don't normally show who they truly are. Yeah, masks. And um, try to conform to what they think other people want or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's the overarching theme that you can kind of find throughout all the songs. Throughout the album. Yeah. Especially in the next song. Yeah, which is called Just the Way You Are. Yeah. Track number three. Another huge song, oh, I, I love believe it was song. released as a single. Yeah, it is a great song. Um, it's me- a love song. Yeah, his melodies are just so good in this in this mm-hmm. song. 
And this song is the one that I said I would uh, refer back to that Paul Simon song. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, still crazy after all these years. And the reason why these two songs, I thought about each other when I was looking at it was because they said that Phil Ramone, the producer, had produced that song. I was like, oh, that starts off with that Wurlitzer-y sound and keyboard part, oh, and so does this. Yeah. So that's the only real connection. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but this song's a great love song. Uh, saying, like, yeah. literally, it's what the title says. Yeah. Uh, I like you just the way you are. Yeah. Don't go changing. Try, try and please me. me. So good. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this was about his wife at the time who they ended up getting divorced. Oh, really? And he didn't play the song for a number of years after wow. that. Wow. Like I would decades. expect so, yeah. Yeah. Painful. Um, but yeah, and then that song, you know, don't put don't on, don't put on don't that on a stranger mask. mask. Yeah. Just be who you are. Get rid of your stranger danger and yeah. tear down the walls. Hey, don't be afraid of strangers. Yeah, don't be a stranger. Make yourself welcome. Peel that mask right off. Yeah. Peel that mask. Shall we move on to a longer song? Mm, yeah. Okay. Track number four, it's called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. <laughs> and I also recommended this. From an Italian Restaurant. Yeah. Um, this is Billy Joel's longest song. Ever? Ever. It clocks in at 7 minutes and 37 seconds. Wow. Um, it's also, I'd say, one of his best songs. It's kind of a... Uh, Magnum opus, perhaps? Yeah, like I guess, a, yeah. People could classify it as that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't pushed as a single, but it quickly became a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, and a live staple. Um, when I was young, I'd heard this song plenty of times because my parents were always playing Billy Joel. Um, and I just thought it was like three random songs put together just no. for the heck of it. And uh, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, they're very much connected. Yeah. Um, very much connected. And it's, this is, and the way that I said the, on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, A Day in the Life yeah. was ambitious. I think this is an ambitious song too, yeah. putting all these things together. There's big orchestration. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's so well put together. And it kind of has the same type of structure as The Stranger, where it starts off with like a, a instrumental part, right? And then goes into like a different sounding part and then ends on that same and part. And ends on the same part, yeah. yeah. This has four parts, I would say. The first and the fourth are the same. Yeah. And then there's two other parts in the middle. Yeah. Um, this is another story song. It is a story tells song. Tells a story about two two young people in love. Yes. Uh, in a couple different ways. Yeah. Um, and the first part uh, is slower. Uh, and it tells this story about two people meeting up in an Italian restaurant that they probably have met up in before but haven't haven't like it seems like it's an old favorite restaurant that they had and they hadn't seen each other for a while yeah. so they're saying we can always come to our favorite italian restaurant and this is where we came up with the the red and white that we we're talking about the red bottle of white. white or the beginning yeah. i think he switched right bottle of white yeah bottle of red or bottle of rosé instead <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps a rosé instead but yeah, that's that's the first part. The second part speeds it up with the piano. It's like, and mm-hmm. that's when they start reminiscing about the past. Yeah, uh, the two people who are in the Italian restaurant. Yeah. So there, that's the reminiscing part, I think. And then the third part, they switch it up, and this is my favorite part in the song, where they reminisce about a specific couple named Brenda and Eddie. Yeah. Who they were the high school prom queen and king. Yeah. Um, and this is probably the I don't know. It's the best part of the song, I think. And mm-hmm. I think it might have been the first part he wrote because it was supposed to be, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, a standalone song oh. called The Ballad of Brenda and Eddie. And then he added on to it. Yeah. And I'm and glad the, he did. Yeah. Um, but this song just tells a story about Brenda and Eddie. They were popular in high school. They had Still each other. Still going stay Eddie. And they got married because they're like, what else are we going to do? Let's get married. Right. And they living didn't that, work out. Living that American dream. Yeah, they that spent, they thought spent was, their money real quick. Yeah. Got argued and got divorced. Yeah. But they'll find their way eventually, I guess. Yeah. 
I like how Billy Joel pronounces Brenda and Eddie. Brender. Yeah, because it sounds like a uh, a New England accent. Yeah. Even though he's a New York guy. He's for sure a New York guy. He's always in his New York state of mind. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's a great song, too. <laughs> it is. <I> <laughs> but, yeah, he sounds like he's from Boston saying, Brenda and Eddie. Brenda and Eddie. But I guess if you are going to say Brenda and Eddie. Brenda and Eddie. With the, from the A from Brenda and the A and and, you have to have Yeah, you're not going to say Brenda and Eddie. Yeah, it's too difficult. So I wonder if he did that intentionally or if that's just his natural way to say it. Who knows? Who knows? I'd have to ask him. Yeah, maybe we can give him a call. Yeah. But after the Brenda and Eddie section, the first part comes back in grand form. The bottle of red, bottle of white. And yeah, it's I like big orchestration. Really nice transition. Yeah, it's really, really nice. It goes from fast back to the slow, but yeah. big slow. Like yeah. The big orchestration. The uh, end of the song is the highest like dynamic range. And yeah. Super dope. Yeah. This is the, I should say, this is the last song on the A side. So this is before yes. you flip the record, this is what you're treated with. So it's like, bah! yeah. Um, right at the end. This song I read was inspired by the B-side, not the B-side, but the, yeah, the B-side of Abbey Road by the Beatles. Oh, really? Uh, how the songs kind of yeah. uh, segue into the other. So that was his that makes inspiration. Um, clearly, this isn't the same as that, but no. you can see the connection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I had bought my mom a Billy Joel Greatest Hits CD at one point in time for her birthday, I think. Yeah. And it was a two-disc Greatest Hits, so it should be all-encompassing, am I right? <laughs> You'd think so, yeah. Yeah, it did not have scenes from an Italian restaurant. My That's dad was so like, "How weird. can you call this greatest hits?" It's so weird, yeah. I think he did that for an Elton John CD as well. I got him a Elton John greatest hits, and it didn't have uh, the funeral for a friend song. Yeah, um, it, it's a two part song. I can't remember the what it's completely titled, but the the first two songs on um, "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," and he's like, "This isn't a greatest hits. <laughs> this is every. This is just some hits. It's <laughs> just some hits, yeah, but some that, of the hits. Scenes from an Italian restaurant is phenomenal." Yeah. It's such a good song. I really like it, too. Uh, apparently, it was inspired by a specific Italian restaurant. The I one can't, that's pictured on the back of the uh, the album? It very well could be. It, it was a, it was an Italian restaurant that was um, nearby to um, Carnegie Hall in New York. Ah, uh, yes. Carnegie Hall. Yes, Carnegie Hall. Um, but it's, it's great. Shall we move on to... Uh, the B-side? To a place that might be more opening to uh, an Oktoberfest beer? Yeah, <laughs> we shall. Where would that? Where would that be? Vienna. Oh, gonna get some sausages in Vienna. This is my next uh, recommendation. Oh, really? Um, I think this song is great because of the message, and I love the little ornamentation or trills, whatever you want to call them, on the piano. Bring, yeah. Bing, bing, bling. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like. Oh, this guy knows what he's doing musically. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, what I think of when I hear that. Didn't he like have the chord a couple choices. of classical pieces? Oh yeah, he he, he's got some classical movements you can yeah. look into. It's pretty cool. But the chord choices are like really cool sounding, and I I can envision myself being in Vienna when I hear this little intro part. Being what in Vienna? Yeah. Oh yeah, we hear an accordion in this an accordion layer right? too, which yeah. that makes me think a little bit more Paris. Um, yeah, but, I suppose. But also but foreign, like Vienna, like, like Europe, like exotic and foreign. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, but I think this is a great song. Uh, I really like the message in the song as well. Tell me about it. Uh, well, like the first line, slow down, you crazy child. Yeah. Uh, I was like telling him, like, you're moving too fast. Like, you're you're too ambitious. You're you're a go-getter. I get that. You got initiative. But you got to, like, smell the roses. Vienna, which is his metaphor for life, I guess, waits for you. Like, you'll, you'll yeah. get there. You'll get to where you're supposed to be eventually. So why don't you enjoy it? Make the most of it. And I think that's a great, great, great way to think. Great mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're always rushing through things, how can you enjoy the, the road trip, you know? Yeah. And that ties into 
the next song. Kind is of. it though? The next song is Only the Good Die Young. Is that true? Only the good die young. I think we referenced this on another podcast. We're like, if only the good die young, then why? Then is... why do we still have Paul McCartney and Paul Simon? Yeah, and Billy Joel. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is my last uh, recommendation. I suppose. Okay. Um, another great song. Yeah, it is. Um, this was super good. Popular at first. Really? It started making some waves after the fact because. Uh, it's Catholic. It references Catholicism. Yeah, it does. And I and suppose back then it was wasn't as scandalous. It was yeah. it was uh, shrouded in controversy. Ooh. And Billy Joel said it wasn't like an anti-Catholic song or anything. It's just the song's literally about him trying to get with a girl who's Catholic. Yeah. And, and, and she's like, no, she wants to wait. Yeah. And he doesn't want her to wait. Yeah. And I believe in the end of the song, um, she does wait. Right. He, he's so, yeah. unsuccessful. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to convert her. Yeah, uh, which is scandalous, I guess, for the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it is. Uh, but it's such a catch. It's really catchy and like happy. And when you yeah. think of that theme to the music, you're like, huh, <laughs> it almost doesn't add up, but it's so good. Yeah, it's one of those songs. It's one of those songs. I really like the drumming in this song. And I read that um, originally Billy Joel wanted this to be like a reggae song. And he was going to sing with like a slight Jamaican ac- like really? accent to his voice. And the drummer, like someone wasn't too keen on that. And so the drummer just like, I'm going to add a, a shuffle, like a beat to it. to do God, dude. And so they did that. And I love that little, just the very intro part where he's in the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And then the drums come in. Oh, yeah. Come out. I love that beginning drum part. Come out, Virginia. Don't let me wait. Casually girls stop much too late. Later it comes down to fate. It might as well be the one. So good. So good, yeah. Shall we move on? We shall. And uh, so she was a young Catholic girl, but eventually she would become a woman. And to Billy Joel, she's always, always a woman. woman. <laughs> That's track another, number seven. Another great like love great ballad. Love yeah. Just like a flowing the melody melodies. Is so and, good. Yeah. It's piano driven. Um, and it talks about this girl who is supposed to be the modern woman who's independent. She can fend for herself. Yep. Uh, she can sting you or she can... She can't be convicted because she earned her degree. <laughs> I, know. I still don't really know what that means, but... <laughs> Maybe girls are going to college or... I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to say, but she's always a woman to me. Yeah. Which is just him saying, like, he, whatever you want, want to interpret it as. I, I don't know. Yep. I could see some feminists getting angry about this. I don't know. Think so? Like, they would say... Oh, yeah, really? she can. She can't be convicted, and she can be a woman. Why? Why is, are the the two aren't mutually exclusive? Yeah, who yeah. knows? I don't know. I, but that's that's me playing devil's advocate because He's always a woman. I think to it's me. a lovely song. Oh, she takes care of herself. I really like the. She can wait if she wants. The mmms that he does. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, just so pleasant. Yeah. Shall we move on to track number eight? Yeah, let's. Get it right the first time. This is Get it right the first time. This is one of the songs that I didn't know. I knew this one, but it's, it's probably my least favorite on this, the, the album. Yeah. I like it, but it's I think it's my least favorite. It is pretty, It is kind of different. It is different. Um, it's a really good song. Um, it's literally about... Getting it right the first time with a girl, whether it's like the first yeah. line you say or, or what, because there's not a second chance. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get it right the first time. You gotta get it right the first time, because if you try the second time, that's not good enough. Something like that. You, you fired. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the, the last song. Okay. Um, this song is called 
everybody has a dream. Yep. Everybody and, has uh, a dream. Um, this song is different again. Um, it's a little bit more churchy sounding. Like yeah, there's like or gospel like hymn, choruses like and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, there's like it's like it sounds like there's a choir singing the chorus. Everybody has a dream. <laughs> everybody has a dream. And he talks about like trying to find inspiration earlier in the song. Yeah. But in the end of the course, you find out that his dream is just coming back home and being alone with you, whoever that is. Yeah. So that's it's a, nice, it's a nice song. And then it ends with the same piano part from the, the stranger. The stranger. Yeah. The piano and the whistling. So that's so. what ties everything together. Yeah. In this beautiful album that is that the is stranger. the stranger. It's a great album. It is. I just think Billy Joel is just the bomb. He is pretty good. Yeah. I would love to see him live sometime. Um, I don't know. I don't think he tours very often. Well, I mean, he probably just just plays that show at Madison Square Gardens. Yeah, why not? Every month, that'd be awesome. And I heard a, a an album like a live recording from maybe the early 2010s, somewhere in that time period. Yeah, he still sounded great. I mean, it's yeah. been a couple of years since then, but still yeah. sounds great. I've seen like he's been on like uh, what Jimmy Fallon. He's been everywhere and whatnot, Man. and he just still sounds so good. He just. He's Billy Joel, yo. Billy Joel, yo, 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 instead of y'all. Billy Joelo, yolo. <laughs> <laughs> I put it for that as song. Gosh. Maybe Billy that could be a good album title. Billy Joel, yo, yolo. How about like a Billy Joel uh, tribute album called Yolo for Joelo? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so dumb. You only live once. You only live and once. And only the good die young. Um. Anyways. Um. Anything else to say about this album other than it's great? <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> I, I just got still a holds bubble. up. You'll you'll hear these songs all over the radio still. Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Maybe we'll review another Billy Joel album sometime because he's got eventually other great yeah, albums. Eventually, we should. Um, I would be happy if we listened to. I think it's called Innocent Man. That's mm. the one that has uh, Uptown Girls. Speaking of Uptown, Uptown Girls. Uptown Girl. How? How, let's just give it up for Billy Joel for having great timbre in his voice because he can sound different all over the yeah. place. Like, because doesn't, doesn't he sound like Uptown, Uptown girl. girl? Yeah, Uptown Girl. She's living in a white brown world. And even on this album, The Stranger, on the last song, Everybody Has a Dream, he at the uh, very beginning he almost sounds like Randy Newman. A little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I was like Randy. <laughs> Randy, is that you? Oh no, it's Billy. <laughs> Billy, you silly. Randy, is that you? No, it's Billy. <laughs> Anyways, oh um, looking forward towards next week. Yeah. Um, are we going to go back to the regularly scheduled format? Well, we could do one of two things. We do have a listener uh, recommended one-off. Oh, would you like to do that and then come back to our regular format? Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to be a fairly special episode. Uh, because the guy who recommended it is the same guy who uh, designed our Instagram logo. Yes. The American Brews and Tunes logo. Yeah, his not name just Instagram, is, it's just our logo in general. Yeah, and his name is Jose Balderas. Jose but, Balderas, but we know him as... We know him as Above. above. So shout out to Above. We're going to be uh, listening to the album that you recommended um, to me a little bit ago. And that album is... Matt Nathanson, mm-hmm. and the album is called Some Mad Hope. I guess that's what we'll be listening to. So that's to. what we'll be listening to. Thanks, Above, for 
listening and for recommending. Yeah. Thanks for going above and beyond. Oh, <laughs> he really Classic. does. That, uh, that logo is great. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's great. It's timeless. It's great. It'll last all time. Until time ends. As long as the internet exists, it will exist. Well, and we got it printed on some glasses, so as long as they don't get shattered also. That's true. Yeah. We'll get it printed on some stickers and stuff, too, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And American shirts and tins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that we uh, cheers this beer and uh, finish up for the week. Yeah, so be looking forward to that next week. And then the following week, we'll return to our... We each recommend an album for each other. Yep. And of course, if you have any recommendations, you you listener out there. Let us know. Hit us up us on know. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, just look us up at American Brews and Tunes. Or you can send us an email at AmericanBrewsandTunes at gmail.com. Or go to our website, <laughs> BrewsandTunesPodcast.com. And as we always say on American Brews and Tunes, Shibbity-beep-boo-doo! Mm. Delicious brew. What a great beer. It is. Good job, Bearded Iris. Yeah, That's fantastic. Job, uh, once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Coming at you from American Brews and Towns. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity beam